0: The hosting the Show with your host, Agostin Hozinga. Smack the shit out your bitch-ass midget girlfriend, nigga. <laughs> 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 oh. Hello there and welcome back to the Agostino Zynga show with I your host Agostino Zynga and this is episode number 721 that is 721 of the Agostino Zinga show with I your host Agostino Zynga and I hope you are doing well wherever this podcast may find you I hope you are doing swimmingly how am I all good all things considered it could be better There is a current conversation going on um, On the United timeline If Eric Ten Hag is going to get fired or not People are doing the blame game thing, pointing fingers. There's some stories coming out about Rafa Varane and not being injured the other weekend, or he wasn't ill and he was actually didn't want to be considered for selection because he felt like he was unfairly overlooked for the derby. Loads of stuff happening with United, loads of stuff happening out there in the world. So it is a little bit crazy, but hey-ho, here we are today to crack on with all of that. But before I get into talking about all that, I wanted to quickly mention some of the books that I'm reading this month um, of November. For those of you guys out there that care about the books that I read, and just to kind of highlight where I am at in terms of thinking about how I approach my reading at the moment. Because something I've realized, I think over the last, what, year and a half, maybe two years, has been that I've definitely. Not read as much as I did in the past, and obviously a lot of it has to do with kind of like my lifestyle overall has definitely drastically changed in terms of going out to work every day and commuting and stuff i don 't do anymore and that really was uh something that I kind of overlooked in terms of giving me forced times to read because for the most part, even if my journey was under half an hour, it still gave me twenty minutes either way to work to get to a bit to do a bit of reading and usually, I took advantage of it because I was listening to music any other time when i wasn't traveling to work anyway so why not just use that time to get a bit reading in so if you do a 20 minute journey to work and back to back from work on the train you at least get 40 minutes in per day and then you've only got to make up 20 minutes to make an hour so you could easily get an hour of reading done per day and if you're a good reader like i am or you can read quite quickly then most often especially if you're reading stuff that you actually enjoy to read you can actually get through quite a few books so even though people used to you know suck my dick about it all the time and make me seem like I was some sort of Einstein figure because I got through so many number one I was picking stuff that I actually enjoyed and I actually thought I would like to read and number two you know as long as you're disciplined in terms of just making sure you're reading a little bit every single day you can usually rack up um, a really crazy amount of books in a very short space of time but something I also realized that I kind of took for granted Granted, was that I really wasn't on social media as much as I am now. I think nowadays, because I'm at home a lot, because everything involves kind of working from home, being kind of remote, all this sort of stuff, I'm on my phone a lot more than I was back then. I think so anyway, because I think even though I don't use Instagram as much and I'm mostly on Twitter, my usage of these apps is still a lot higher than it was like in what pre 2020, right? So I've committed or I'm kind of using up a lot of my free time on these apps so then the free time that I had to read and stuff has now gone so then when I'm and obviously my habits and my kind of um, overall concentration levels have definitely waned so then when I'm trying to open a book it's not really hitting me the same way or grabbing me the same way it did in the past because I'm having to fight the temptation not to touch my phone or not to get bored. So I'm having to kind of relearn how to read again, which is crazy when you think about it. Like I said, I was getting through like four books a month, maybe sometimes more. I think the max I got through was like six or seven. So I was getting through a a ton, right? And the target this year was to do a 100. I've definitely fell short of that, but still... I'm not somebody that doesn't read and I'm still finding it difficult. So I can only imagine how it must be for those of you guys out there who don't give a fuck about books at all. It must be like absolute torture. It must be like getting waterboarded when somebody tells you to pick up a book. So I only just recommend this sort of stuff just for my own sort of interest or whatever. And also I think You know, sometimes when people read books, it's actually quite cool because what ends up happening is that even if you don't want to read it, you can get to find out what the book's about just by me talking about it. Because, of course, once I finish it and I review it and stuff, I'll have little blogs, entries up available for you to check out. And also, I'll definitely mention it in the pod later on. So if you want to then, you know, appear smarter to your friends, you can just regurgitate the stuff that I'm saying. So the less said about that, the better. But anyway, um, as I mentioned before, four books here that I'm reading for the month. As you can see on the screen, um, the first one to start off with is detailed as Be Useful, Seven Tours for Life by Arnold Schwarzenegger. If I read the inside sleeve, it says as follows. The seven rules to follow to realize your true purpose in life, distilled by Arnold Schwarzenegger from his own journey of ceaseless reinvention, extraordinary achievement available for absolutely anybody. Um, the world's greatest bodybuilder The world's highest paid movie star The leader of the sixth largest economy um, That these are the same person Sounds like a setup for a joke But it's not a joke This is Arnold Schwarzenegger And this has not happened by accident Arnold Stratos—stuff. Arnold Strat- Stoff- no, how do you say that? Arnold Strat toss Jesus Christos Arnold um Success happened as part of his process As a result of clear vision, big thinking, hard working And direct communication Resilient problem solving, open minded Curiosity and a commitment to giving back All of it is guided by the one lesson Arnold's father hammered home into him Above all Be useful. As Arnold conquered every realm he entered, he kept his father's adage close to his heart. Written with his uniquely earnest, blunt, powerful voice, Be Useful takes readers on an inspirational tour through Arnold's toolkit for his meaningful life. He shows you how to put these tools to work in service of whatever fulfilling future we can dream up. Too many of us struggle to disconnect from our self pity and connect with our purpose and early age Arnold forged the mental tools to build the ladder out of poverty and narrow mindedness of his rural Austrian hometown um, tools he used to rung after rung after rung from there. Now he has shared the wisdom with all of us. As he puts it, no one is going to come rescue you. You only have yourself. The good news, it turns out, is that all you, is that you are all you need. So yeah, really good little book there. I think it kind of follows the basically ten rules for life that Jordan Peterson put out. So basically a toolkit for life. Um, i haven't started this yet obviously as you guys can tell because i've got a few other things i'm going through then of course i've got the britney spears um woman in me book that i'm reading at the moment which is absolutely fantastic this is the one i've actually started and i'm already halfway through it it's a really quick read i think even if it comes to thickness it's not the most um dense book out there but just the first opening chapters it was a very strong it was a very um clear to me that this britney spears ladies has lived a A very interesting life, to be fair. And it does kind of give you an appreciation understanding for her journey and the fact that she's still here amongst us because the stuff that she's gone through with her family personally you just think to yourself wow boy this woman's been through a lot and she's still relatively young mean, so to go through all of that and still be here with us and still be kicking ass and stuff is really incredible accomplishment so i definitely recommend if you're in you know intrigued about the story of britney spears definitely check out this autobiography called the woman in me um i'm sure most of you have probably heard about it because it's been everywhere and people have been taking experts about it and talking about it. I think Justin Tim Blake's probably suffering the worst because of that book. Then, of course, I've got the down-the-drain autobiography from Julia Fox, the one-time, very short-lived fling of Kanye West, but also an actress of her own volition. I've always been intrigued by um, Julia Fox, not for the main boy reasons of when they all saw her, you know, scantily clad in her underwear and shit in that movie. Uh, I think it was um, Uncut Gems. But just from the Uncut Gems side of things... Because if i remember correctly uncut gems was one of those movies that was built to be a big thing but then it came about i think just before covid so just when the lockdown was happening so she didn't really have a time to promo the movie to get any of that real press that would have probably helped maybe galvanize or inspire people to go and watch the movie or just you know put her out in the limelight a bit more and i think at the same time she also had a kid So I remember just reading about it thinking, fuck, man, imagine how hard that is to kind of wrangle in your head, right? This movie that you're thinking is going to take you to the stars doesn't take you to the stars. Then you're pregnant and then you're kind of a single mother at, at the same point. It must be such a weird thing to kind of have to figure out, especially during COVID. So I was always intrigued by her story. And then of course, she's got that part of her story, the early years, which I'm also aware of. Of her being a bit of a, like an art hoe back in the day you know, Lower East Side type of scene and shit And hanging out a lot of the guys and girls That I'm kind of, you know, had grown up Kind of admiring from afar and stuff So I'm curious to see what kind of makes her tick and stuff And, you know, it may be a bit early For her to have an autobiography I think she might be in her mid-30s or something But still, you know, it might be an interesting Insight memoir nowadays When she her memory's kind of fresh In terms of understanding, you know, where she's come from Because she's got a lot of tragedy in her past too um, I know there's a lot of kind of you know because especially that that scene back then in New York Lower East Side downtown and stuff was riddled with people that were on heroin and shit because I remember a lot of the people that I kind of grew up kind of idolizing like Dash Snow and shit they unfortunately passed away because of it it took a real grip on people a lot of people kind of was able to escape and sort of get sober so big up Dan Colin and a few other people Ryan McGinley and all these type of guys but a few of them succumbed to the drugs and stuff so I'm sure she's got interesting stories to tell so that should be a good one as well to check out. And then of course finally we have the Walter Isaacson Elon Musk book, which everyone's been talking about, as you can see here. Um and this I've been hearing good really good things with it, so I can't wait to read this because I've read from other people that they're saying that this is a really fair portrayal of Elon. It does paint him out to be the hero and the amazing guy that he is, but also in terms of a, of a human and maybe some of these business decisions, it also kind of paints a picture of a kind of you know. Um, a genius that isn't without faults basically and um, I think that's something that is needed in these type of books you need to be kind of brutally honest to a point because I think that's what made Walter, Walter Isaacson's book about Steve Jobs just before he passed away to be so poignant right because it painted the story of somebody quite brilliant but it also was utterly utterly brutal in terms of his depiction of how he treats people and how he came up and stuff and whatever maybe, may be and some people's you know, reception or perception of him you know close family and friends and stuff so i'm really i really can't wait to tear into this as well when i finally do get the chance but um four memoirs or four autobiographies from four different type of people there to check out so i'm really eager to tear into that so if you are um into that make sure that you click the link and you'll see all the list of the books i'm reading as well so you can kind of grab them if need be and you can grab them if need be so moving on from that before we just catch up on some of the football stuff because I forgot to mention it on the previous pods so most of you will know that United unfortunately lost 3-0 at home to our great rivals Man City and to be honest not much of a surprise in terms of a result I think the performance as a was a bit concerning um, especially when you consider we started the game pretty well the first 7 minutes 10 minutes 12 minutes however much you want to stretch it definitely wasn't over 15 we troubled Man City we had a few not say a few we had a couple chances that were kind of half chances but on our day individual brilliance in previous matches would have probably gave us the result and I felt as if when I was watching the game in real time Man City also felt that they felt like they didn't start too well they started a bit slowly maybe they already took us for granted because they just assumed they'd win the game and they kind of had took their foot off the pedal. And I think they were happy as soon as they realised we weren't going to score. I think they then were able to assert control or dominance on the ball after the 15-minute mark. And it was no coincidence that that then eventually led to the penalty incident where, unfortunately, um, Hoyland pulled back Rodri in a box, which then led to, you know, Harlan taking the penalty and selling fucking on of the wrong way. So I think all of that sort of dominance really... If anything zapped all the confidence and the belief out from our players. Because I don't think Man City played even that well, especially from previous performances um, where Man City have absolutely destroyed us. I thought they were in second gear, really. And they didn't need to go anywhere because I think they kind of had us in the palm of their hands. They were toying with us. They had always controlled the ball. And I think one thing you could always tell when I was watching the game, a very kind of clear example of how far apart we are from each other and the fact that Man City are clearly on another level when it comes to structure and it comes to their team and quality. Is the way that the players were receiving the balls in tight areas, the way that they were manipulating the ball, the way the ball was progressing up the pitch, everything from Man City just looked crisp and intentional and purposeful. And again, everybody on that pitch looked like they had supreme technical ability when it comes to controlling and manipulating the ball. Whenever it came to United players, it seemed a bit clunky. It seemed a bit all over the place. It just didn't really seem to go anywhere anytime soon. So that was the only real concerning part of it. It was like Jesus Christ. After all this money spent, after having one of the highest wage bills out here, having whatever else, you know, all these re- revamps, reduns of the team and whatever, we still don't have a team that you can see that looks like they're comfortable on the ball. That looks like they're comfortable in possession. It looks like they're comfortable in tight areas. It looks like they can pass the ball consistently to their teammates, you know, within five yards and stuff. It doesn't seem to happen too much. Um, I was kind of sorry and sad for Dallow. Um, with Bruno Fernandes playing as a makeshift right winger, which is always annoying it meant that he was essentially playing as a fullback by himself without no cover um, and Grealish was absolutely tearing Dalo apart he was receiving the ball spinning going at him cutting in cutting out he was doing whatever he wanted to Dalo. and I think any moment where Bruno Fernandes did try to help Dalo out all he was trying to do was just take the wind out of Grealish's sails by flipping fouling him so Bruno Fernandes was absolutely shocking that game to be honest as was Rashford as was all our players to be completely honest but one of the things that really kind of disturbed me about the game in overall and something that really kind of left a bit of a sour taste in my mouth and made me think like, what the hell was going on with our club? What the hell was going on with our manager and specifically in Eric Ten Hag? We played pretty decently. I felt in the first half, right? We, we had a okay, solid midfield block. I think Amrabat playing as that deep lining, um, defensive midfielder in front of Maguire and Johnny Evans I thought provided us with a bit of solidity in that midfield where I didn't feel like Man City were finding it easy to get through us through the middle they were basically getting a lot more joy by spreading the balls out to the wide and flanks and obviously having Grealish and um, Foden you know kind of stretch our defense out wide a bit and then kind of send the balls into the box but I thought for the most part we did stop Man City walking through us in the middle of the park But then at half-time, for some odd reason, I have no idea why that exactly happened, but at half-time, for some odd reason, he decided, Ericsson Hag to take off Amrabat for some reason, and then put McTominay playing in Amrabat's position, which is a deep-landing defensive midfielder. Now, I'm not the biggest Tony McTominay fan. I think he's fucking awful. He probably is nowhere near United class, and he should have been sold a very long time ago. But it's clear to see that his best position is playing as an attacking midfielder. Maybe not even as a false nine or whatever, or just a backup striker. No, an actual attacking midfielder, like a conventional number eight... That's able to run late into the box and score the goals that he scores. I think he's obviously clearly really good at that. When it comes to influencing the game in terms of touch, you know, passes and whatever else, he's not going to be that guy. But when it comes to making late surging runs into the box and being just a nuisance in there, having a good strike outside of the box and being able had to have decent heading, he's definitely great in that position. So if you're going to play McTominay, the only play you, place you can play him is further forward as a midfielder. You should never be playing as a, as a DM. I think he's kind of cursed, um, because of his size, right? He's like this six foot plus, um, Scottish guy, right? He's built like shit. He's built like a fucking brick shit hour. So people just assume because he's really jacked and he's really tall and he's really athletic that he should be playing as a defensive midfielder, but he's not. He's an attacking midfielder. So Ayton Hawk swapping Amrabat for, um, McTominay in that position was bizarre and I felt like was the sign that then Man City took control of the game in the second half because if I'm not mistaken the second goal they scored from Haaland just after the second half was like basically four minutes into the second half around the 14th minute so clearly that little weird tactical change that Eric Ten Hag did never worked and we looked all over the place from then on. It was basically, you know, a miracle that it only ended 3-0 because Man City were in con- total, total, total control. So that for me was really, um, a big warning sign because we all know the players are terrible. None of us are sitting here saying that if 10 Hawks should be expected to be making miracles with these players. But already they like, their performance levels aren't the greatest. So if you give them an excuse to throw the towel in, they will. And I feel like Ayrton Hart gave these players an excuse because he took off Amrabat, who was playing okay at that time. Even if he wasn't playing the greatest, he was still providing a defensive cover and also plugging in holes, um, you know, in front of Maguire and Evans and the entire back line. So preventing Man City to easily walk through us in the middle, which would let them to only, you know, attack us from the wings. But the moment that changed, they were attacking us from all over the place. They were knocking balls over the top, through the middle, out on the flanks. It was an absolute bloodbath. And honestly, it was a miracle, absolute miracle. we only finished flipping 3-0. I swear to God, it was an absolute miracle. we only finished 3-0. But then to make matters worse, to make matters worse, just the other day, United, of course, decided to lose again at home. <laughs> and this time in the flipping Carabao Cup, the League Cup against Newcastle. Newcastle basically got revenge um from us beating them last season on the way to winning the flipping trophy itself. And to be honest, this was even more frustrating and even more demoralizing because if anything, a lot of us, myself included, were like, Oh, why doesn't the manager rotate this team enough? Why doesn't he have the players on the bench who need to have opportunities to play playing? Why is he always playing Bruno Fernandez and Marcus Rashford and never get dropped? Why, 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 why? Well, XR and Hag decided, okay, cool, you guys want these guys to play, here you go. He put out a lineup of guys that you would largely consider are the second team, um, especially in midfield, and it didn't work it really didn't work the entire game and if anything it probably felt like it was less of a individual personnel thing and just more so an inability to like be organized um to play for each other to plug gaps um to give a shit really that's essentially what happened because I felt like as soon as Newcastle scored their first goal our heads completely dropped and don't get me wrong, the first goal was very well taken. Um, I think it was a ball over the top that essentially Almiron ran onto and was able to strip whoever he was running, um, trying to defend against him, and got one touch. You know, over flipping on hands, and Onana still was looking a bit shaky to me. And I thought, to be honest, all their goals were really well taken. My favorite probably would be Joe Willicks from them, especially you know I I love a good foot finish outside of the box, and that was a really well done from him, but. I feel like Man Newcastle, again, similar to Man City, didn't have to do much to win. I think we kind of made it a lot easier for them because as soon as they scored their first goal, the players kind of rolled over and died. And for me, that is kind of unacceptable, especially when you think about where we are this season, what it's looking like we're going to end. You would imagine a League Cup, although I'm not bothered about it, would be one of those competitions that ten Hag would want to use to galvanise a team whenever you're going through a bad run of form bad patchy run in a league or whatever it may be you'd want these top positions to come around so they can give you a little bit of respite. but the way that these guys are performing was absolutely crazy even though i said i think before the game started i said something to myself like oh newcastle probably need this league cup more than we do now this season especially considering the money that they've invested into their squad and where they want to go and stuff just having that trophy you know after such a long time would obviously be something that they would obviously um be all over the moon about but the concerning thing, again, for us as a United fan is just we don't really see, or myself, I don't really see what this team does in training. There's still no identity. There's still no p- way of playing. The patterns of play are all over the place. Like, the individuals are still very questionable. You look at someone like an Anthony and it's like 80 whatever million what that was paid for him in world, you know, a record signing, or what record, but a record signing for United, and the fact that he still looks so painfully average and don't really see the use for him as well in the team, and the fact that he keeps continually getting picked, and then of course the Maguire-Lindelof partnership at the back was really bizarre, um, Regulon playing at left-back didn't really offer much, and even did Dallow. Um Casemiro looked very shaky, and had to go off I think with an injury at half-time, Mason Mount is looking like one of the most pointless signings of all time, uh, I don't know why he would be bothered to Signing him, we probably should have kept hold of Fred if you're going to sign the Mason Man because Fred, I still think nowadays, is miles clear of Mason Man as a player. And then, of course, the most concerning part of it was has Hassan Medgbury because I don't know. Again, do we see much in him as a player apart from kicking people and stuff? Has he got much technical ability outside of just being able to run and clock up loads of kilometers and stuff? It doesn't look like it. He doesn't look like a really good technically proficient player either. So there's a real mismatch of players here that I don't really see what it makes sense or how it's going to work for the long term or what you want to get with these players. But one thing that is for sure is that this result... And maybe the next result that we're gonna have coming up for fixture for United in the league, I feel like are gonna be very testing moments for Aiton Hall because so far, if you you know read some of the papers and some of the rumors online, there is a suggestion out there that his job could be under threat and most likely he could get sacked sooner rather than later. And for me, I personally have no qualms if he does get sacked or if he stays, to be honest, because I still think the biggest problem at the club isn't the managers, isn't the players even. It's definitely the board and the owners. Until we get rid of the Glazers... We are doomed. I think we've basically seen evidence of that over the years since Cyrus Ferguson's left. I don't think we've had a major, you know, we don't have, we've never had a, a sustained um, period of success. We've never had a consistent run, you know, out of playing good football or just being a team that was winning things. It's never happened, um, post Cyrus Ferguson. So clearly the proof's in the pudding. So if that's the case, I think all of us should be able to deduce that even if you, even if you don't agree with that, um, you know, I don't think ever, all of our previous managers were that terrible. I just think it's a combination of them maybe not being the right choice and also having owners who clearly don't care about the footballing side of things as much as probably the fans and other people would do who come into the job new. So again, the only way we can kind of see success is I feel like. Maybe we stumble across, you know, the next Sergsbergs or something or the next club or the next Guardiola, which obviously isn't likely. And there also isn't a guarantee that that person would want to come United, right? Maybe you want to go to another club, a smaller one, a more regional one, wherever it may be. So all these things are hypotheticals. But I just wish that there was a solution now that would appease everybody and that would, I wouldn't say guarantee, but that would at least get us some way along the journey in terms of maybe getting us back to where we should be. Right, I don't think there is, though, because the risk involved in signing a new manager and then thinking that's going to do everything is really high. The risk of keeping Erickson hogging the job, even though he's absolutely stinking the place out and he's clearly um, in over his head, is very high. Um, Especially when you consider all the turmoil and the stress, confusion and the drama that's going on behind the scene in the dressing room. It's looking really nuts because there's been reports coming out recently about certain... You know, individuals in the dressing room not bringing you to happy with how strict their return is and all this malarkey and to be honest it's not a real surprise i don't think anybody with any common sense would have not seen this because i think you can do that whole strict thing as a manager but it only really works that whole disciplinarian that whole being cold or leaving players out thing only works when you're winning if you're not winning games and suddenly the players that you leave out in a lurch, especially if they're like locker room favorites, right? They're like very popular within a group of players. It can be very detrimental to the overall mood of the team. So I think Erickson Harg. for me, I feel like he underrated or didn't really maybe keep that in consideration when he maybe banished Sancho and a few other players. And even the Maguire thing, if you think about it, and much as much I don't like Maguire, but that Maguire situation was very odd. He essentially came in, stripped Maguire of his captaincy, made him the sixth, fifth, or whatever set choice centre back, then went to sell him in the summer, but there was no bids. Then he comes back into the team, and you know, you're he, he, he just meant to pretend everything's okay. I'm sure Maguire has his own f- fans and friends in the dressing room who we probably weren't too keen with that either. They're like, okay, we understand football wise you want to strip him of the captaincy, but. This treatment is a bit odd, the catalogue of things that's going on, especially when you read the rumours or the stories that were happening about Jalen Sancho essentially being bashed, banished away from the team and the treatment that he's receiving, you know, having to eat his food in the, in the dorms of all the youth players and stuff. It's absolutely heinous. So I'm not surprised to see there's a lot of mess around his name. And I think for me, the greatest issue with Ericton Haag has always been the style of play. I think I was one of those people that believed that he was going to come to United and play the Ajax way or a version of the Ajax way. But clearly that wasn't a mandate. Clearly mandate was maybe to win trophies, maybe to finish in the top four, because he's not really tried to have us playing attractive football really. Apart from that one half or that one game, sorry against Crystal Palace, actually, um, in the league cup i think there's only one time we actually saw united actually play some sort of level of coherent you know entertaining football apart from that it's been absolutely drab so maybe that is was the case but i just wish that things would have changed in that direction i think many of fans would have given him more time if we had you know better football to watch but the fact that the football's dire the signings are terrible the results aren't going our way it just makes it a lot easier to just you know to just say hey sack him and get someone else in you that can play that side of the play. But again, I just think with these owners, there's just no way you can kind of win. You know, they have too much control, they meddle too much. Um, there's no, you know, plan for sporting success in the first place anyway. So it's a bit of a shit show to be completely honest. Honestly, honestly a bit of a shit show. But again, I cannot be surprised when it comes to United. I cannot be surprised when it comes to United. So moving on from this let's talk about some stuff on here that i've seen on the old interweb so um most of you will know that phoebe Philo made her triumphant return back to fashion after many many years out of the limelight and whatnot and for me at the time when it was announced she was going to come back i was actually surprised that um lvmh didn't make much more of a stink about having her basically you know helm one of her one of their luxury brands and whatnot but i guess the relationship that they've got is kind of you know is is from way back as well and i guess this is one way to keep Phoebe Philo kind of close to themselves by having a minority stake in her namesake label. Um, even though you'd imagine, you know, for the the stuff that she's really been able to produce with her namesake label so far, that they want to maybe pump out more stuff for other brands with her kind of direction. Because I think what she's proved with her return is that Phoebe Philo definitely is that girl, she's him, as I've mentioned before. Social media, she definitely is. You know above a cut above the rest and I think it was a really good reminder because she's been out fashion for so long It was great to see her just not miss a step and be able to just get it from day dot So I picked out some of my favorite looks from the collections and as you can see here from the title it says the A1 collection. So from what I've kind of led, been led to understand from various articles I've been reading online about it, um, the collection that Phoebe Fallows now doing with her namesake label will have no fashion shows. It will not be in any other retailer. It will be direct to consumer via their online stores, which I'm really shocked it's, Become such a big deal in fashion it's something that's always kind of existed in the street world and any other bit of kind of commerce and retail but for some reason fashion people still seem to make such a big deal out of like direct to consumer models and shit but essentially what Phoebe is doing is she's going to be dropping I think two collections no three collections a year I think A1, A2, A3 and then there's going to be drops in each of those collections no in e- yeah a drop in each of those kind of collection of things that are going to be happening if I'm not mistaken let me just double check here I think I saw it read a Financial Times article here, yeah, it says yeah. so um, it says here that um, Fila has kept quantities small purportedly to limit the label's environmental impact but probably also to whip up the hype of the 150 styles that she's designed thus far no more than 100 each have been produced on average, they'll be released across three edits, so it's actually edits, A1, A2, A3 in the coming months, A2 will drop in spring, so we're seeing these little bits and bobs coming out, but again like I said, no different than you have a streetwear brand, but I'd have to pick out some of my favorite bits and bobs that I really liked. So number one image is probably the first image you're going to see if you scan through the lookbook on their main website, which is um, phoebephilo.com. You can find the link probably in the description. I'm going to add it in later. But this first look in terms of a lifestyle image is absolutely fantastic. I'm not sure who the photographer was for this campaign or for this kind of initial kind of lookbook for her collection, but I love just the shapes from the, from the cut of the bob and the fringe to the cut of the jacket to the cut of the trousers. It's all done very 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 well and again i think this picture kind of does really well to kind of set the tone for the entire collection in terms of how chic and how modern and how on point it is because that's one thing as well you can never kind of you know um doubt um what's her face when it comes to the imagery when it comes to the taste level when it comes to the aesthetics of the clothes you know she always does a really good job with them i think of you know i can't think of many phoebe follow campaigns or editorials that kind of or no phoebe so, yeah, follow design clothes that were featured in editorials that look shit or even their campaigns it doesn't happen so i like that first of all um i think these to zip trousers will be incredibly popular i'm not really too sure why functionality function functional wise why they will be popular but i guess just in terms of a bit of sensuality a little bit of um dynamism and whatnot these will make some sort of sense. These trousers with just these massive um, um, zips that go right from the bottom all the way up to the top. So if you need be, you could wear some, you know, different color panties and stuff to show them off and stuff, whatever. But I expect these trousers to be incredibly popular when they do originally launched. Um, I loved a lot of these kind of leather pieces, especially the ones that are cut the way that they are here. Again, you've got this nice cinch on the waist and how it kind of pops out there along the bottom. And it's sort of like bell bottom type of stuff style And again, you would imagine, like us, like, you know, most people would say, with Phoebe Philo, she's definitely the greatest mum designer of all time. And this all does look like stuff that your mum, uh, you know, a really trendy, yummy mummy would kind of be into, because it allows you to be somewhat practical, but also feel a bit chic and a bit cute as well. Especially when you think of that cinch there in the middle. Um, one of my favourite pieces or looks actually is this look that features this lady that kind of looks like Little Sims. So big up Phoebe Philo for beating racism rumours by you know featuring her in there but essentially what you got from this look is you got this incredible m65 type of jacket featured here but it's made in this really it's cut in this really amazing relaxed type of style I'm not just sure what the materials but it looks really light and fresh and then you've got this really nice kind of funnel thing that going on on the top and this feels like a bit of a signature on Phoebe Philo design clothes where she's got this sort of like elongated exaggerated sort of like funnel type of thing um that you kind of that will help you to kind of go over your face if need be. If you're a bit cold and whatnot, it sort of doubles up as a tool of like a face shield type of scarf type of thing. Whatever, I really like that. As to I actually like this really um big what looks like a money clip that's been turned into a some sort of clip that you can put on your clothes or whatnot for extra bit of detailed styling tips. So I'm a big fan of those. Um and then of course some of the lifestyle images are really well done and really well shot. Um I'd like I'd love to know who the photographer was for these because they look really amazing. I love this sort of um you know crazy jacket as well. I'm not too sure what the materials are in terms of what it's made of. Actually, I maybe have to check on the actual online store. Let's see if it loads up here because most of the stuff is sold out, which is absolutely wild when you consider some of the prices. But then again, you consider all the hype around Phoebe Philo and the fact that people have been kind of waiting with baiting breath um for her to kind of drop, um, it's no surprise that most of it is kind of gone flying out of the shelves, the, the, the mum bracelets and the mum necklace is completely gone which is wild because if I'm not mistaken it's sterling silver as well <laughs> with gold coating which is kind of crazy but it shows the power that she has, you have an uh, XL Cabas bag, I'm trying to see where that big fairy number is, it might be the piece actually that was priced on um, you know, priced priced on fucking availability or something POA, I remember that was one jacket that you had to kind of email them to find out what the price is so that might be it, anyway let's go back to the thing Um, that's a really cool jacket, I think these old fashioned guys are going to be into it I really like this look as well, do this like I wouldn't. Call, I'm not sure if you'd call this a tunic. I think it is, but again, I think this is a classic Phoebe Philo um design shape. I think I've seen her design tunics or tunics to this type of shape and this sort of dimensions or proportions. Sorry, when she was at Selena, maybe a bit with Chloe as well. I love this because it's really, again, really chic, really relaxed, easy to wear. But there is a element of sensuality in it too in terms of what you want to wear it as if you're a yummy mummy that still wants to step out and look amazing and then of course we've got these pester resistance trousers which i think are the same material as a coat there above so if you want to go completely all fur you probably could if you wanted to but this is also i think i remember reading on an article i think it was the cut um interview or cut review courtesy of kathy horn and she mentioned how when she went to do the press um Kind of preview for the new Phoebe Philo collection, they were told under no certain terms that they couldn't speak about the collection. The phones were locked away um and obviously, after the embargo was lifted, they could talk when the collection actually dropped and I think she mentioned part of the reason why they were so secret you know secret um secretive about everything was obviously to build a hype, but mostly it was an issue of they didn't want anything to be copied. They didn't want to have leaks of every year's collection and then have it kind of pop up all over of Taobao or fucking, you know, whatever else place that exists out there. Um, and then again, nice shapes here on this other outfit too. I love some of the little detailing bits and bobs here with the, I think that looks like a ring or the end of a clip or something. I'm not too sure, but that looks really great. One of my favorite looks. Um, the mum necklace is a really funny look because this looks like this could be a boy. I'm not too sure if it is, but again, a nice little hit a nice little styling here very well done there I'm a big fan of Wabowie, um, this model here who's been out the limelight for a while, but I think she came back with, I feel I'm going to say Gucci recently she came back, but I remember her mostly because that was some of my formative years reading like early magazines of like, you know, Vogue Paris when Emmanuela Old and before that, Karen Roy Felt was the editor-in-chief over there. And then some of their models, that, you know, some of their go-to models were people like Dario Bowie because she was just always looked immensely cool in clothes. Mm-hmm. It's another good example of it. Uh, that just looks really good in terms of the shirt and the bag, just chilling and having a good time. I think that bag is actually sold out as well, right? The one with the, the three different compartments. I'm pretty sure that one sold out too. I also, I'm, I'm a fan of this sequin looking top. If I'm not mistaken on the website, it describes itself as a long t-shirt. So I love the fact that that's the case because then it also reminds me of free, um, fucking young fucker because that's something that he mentioned also when he was, Asked about wearing that kind of leopard Famous leopard print dress that he wore that time Again a big fan of the proportions And the cuts and the shapes and stuff Um, These glasses look Crazy good and these are also Another item that sold out if I'm not mistaken Checking the actual Phoebe Philo website himself I'm sure I saw There we go yep there's glasses there I think they're called The peak sunglasses They're unfortunately sold out but they look really Really hard man that's a good Pair of sunglasses I'm surprised these Definitely flew off the shelf the angular kind of like cat eye look to these glasses look really really great so you can move on to that one and also i'm not a fan i'm not i don't mind these crystal type of earrings as well they look fairly decent you've got a nice big tote bag there and again i like this money clip type of um, accessory that clips onto the outside pocket there or anywhere else I'm assuming and then of course one of my favourite looks on the entire collection is this mostly because of the bob and the cut but also because of how everything sits on the body you've got some angles here a couple of angles there as with the bag and then you've got this amazing image amazing amazing image Um, again the big fur number we got going on there I'm not really sure what the earrings are saying there but I'm a big fan of those and then we've got some of the looks towards the end of the lookbook, which is this one, which kind of reminds me a little bit of Katie Holmes. Um, and then we've also got another image here of Dara Bo as well, looking internally cool. And one of my favorite jackets too, which is this really strange. It almost felt like this is might be one of those leather flips of the same jacket that he already featured before. Not too sure if that's the case, but anyway, whatever. It does look like a really nice, um, field jacket that's been made in leather. And then you've got this really nice cinch here on the waist. That kind of helps accentuate the hips and makes it look a little bit, you know, less masculine than maybe it would do if it was made just like a typical old vintage shop kind of leather bomber jacket. So yeah, big up, Filippo, for of this. Um, I'm not surprised that most of the stuff is selling out. The reviews of go are glowing. Everybody's flipping. You know, queuing up to fucking suck a dick. But again, it's not a surprise because I think the 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 thing that you realize straight away when you see the collection is just how vast it is it's crazy how much stuff is included in that collection that like she went absolutely crazy but it also makes sense considering how much time she's been away and the fact that her taste levels have still been the same but she's got different needs and what she wants to see on the runway blah blah blah, blah. so we probably won't hear much from her because she's notoriously quite press shy especially after all this you know iman coming out and saying what she said the legendary model i'm pretty sure she's going to want to avoid any kind of real conversations about real issues in with terms of race inclusivity and diversity and fashion and shit But if it just means She's going to be Putting out Clash after collection I'm here for it Because I would love To see more imagery Maybe we will get Maybe a sneaky interview With her With somebody else One time Who knows But I'm curious To see how it Kind of evolves Because I love the idea of it just basically being state wardrobe staples, and I think that's something that they don't really consider a lot in fashion because everything's so like, you know, fashion with a capital F and there's loads of trends attached to it and all this monarchy. when I like sometimes yeah, to just be that's probably why I fell in love so much with Demna and Veteman when I first started because it's in the name, do you know what I mean? Veteman is basically clothes, like in the business of making clothes and you can extend that saying the business of making clothes for my fans you know, for my supports. all that stuff is super important So um, big up them for being able to do that Big up them for being able to do that phoebe philo to the world and back again and i actually do love the squares design of the online store where when things are in stock they've got the natural light when they're not they're all gone in red so i'm assuming soon you'll be able to scroll down this list of items to just see it all completely red which would be absolutely incredible when you consider everything that's going on in the world right now but yeah big up um big up phoebe philo big up phoebe philo one time big up phoebe philo one time Oh, yeah, and a quick one too. I just got, um, YouTube Premium. I've just been using it recently, the last few days, and I have to say, it's absolutely awesome, man. I'm not gonna lie. It's really, really good. I wonder why us as humans, we tend to not do things like that, like pay for services that we use quite often, like the, you know, the level above the premium service that gives you all the other, um, features you probably don't really, um, have the option to if you're using the free one. I'm not sure about you guys, but I spend quite a lot of time just like listening to YouTube videos in the background. Like I'll just have them on playing or I'll watch like a, or if anything, what I'll usually do, I see, see my habits is like, I might start a video. Like if it's a video about some sort of scam or something, right? Um, Like a CoffeeZilla video, I may start the video on my phone and then I'll have it obviously listed in my history. So then later on in the day, if I want to watch the the like the second half of it, I'll just put it up on my laptop because I'm, I'll get annoyed at all the ads and stuff. But I still do put put the ads I uh, maybe will just lower the volume or just let them play whatever it may be but i do spend a lot of time kind of watching youtube clips on my actual phone which is quite weird um considering i've got a computer i don't know why i actually do that but it's just a kind of a habit i'm kind of into at the moment so i have really enjoyed using the youtube premium app at the moment um it's not 15 pound anymore last time i checked it was like 12.99 so it's pretty decent you get a month's free and then it's 12.99 after the fact and of course the major thing about it is that you get no ads so there's no need to put an ad blocker on your thing um or knowing to have an ad blocker for youtube to use it and then the other thing that's really really beneficial is the fact that you can listen to stuff in the background so you can basically play a youtube video like a podcast so it does kind of lead to me thinking it's going to increase my usage of watching youtube videos and stuff so i've been really enjoying it so far and again i think for me it's just another reminder as was the session at pirate studios the other day that i should be doing more things i actually enjoy doing day to day you know instead of just doing things um no i should spend more money on the things that i enjoy that's what i actually mean Yeah, spend more money on things that you enjoy even if it's a nominal amount of money because 12.99 isn't really a much when you think about the grand scheme of things that you kind of enjoy on a monthly basis and if you can't find 12.99 to pay for premium then most likely you have other issues that you have to probably focus on which is definitely okay but because i don't kind of pay for i think the only streaming service i pay for at the moment is uh netflix i took away my bt sports so i don't really have any other like streaming platform that i kind of pay for so it's not too bad that i'm paying for netflix and only youtube premium i think those are the two things that i kind of cover most of my basis. so i'm really 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 happy about that oh and then of course i also pay for what do you call it amazon prime and amazon prime comes with um amazon video which is quite good i think they will probably change it soon because i think amazon video isn't it's not the best selection but it is quite decent um i know that invincibles is out now at the moment so i'm going to be checking that out soon i think season two is out already so if you're a fan of Invincibles. So definitely you make sure you check that out. But so far, um I'm getting some really good value for money from having YouTube premium and I haven't I'm kind of ashamed I didn't get it before, especially considering that I record content and do whatever stuff me- needs be it's probably handy to have that as well to be used. Because now especially I think if most of you guys know that YouTube is now trialing a new anti ad block system. Um they've got this thing in place now where if you try and watch videos with a black with an ad block on, it basically tells you you can't I think you get the first time I think they they let you watch like free or something and then after the fact you get a warning or it just won't load so now you have to either I guess either try and find an ad block that works now around the new kind of restrictions or do like I do and just buy premium so I'm sure YouTube have seen an influx of people um, signing up to YouTube premium now because they've implemented this um, ad block thing and I'm sure even for us actually content creators I'm sure we'll probably see a little bit of a bump in maybe some adsense money and stuff because people will now be forced to watch the ads maybe that'll be a thing going forward i'm not really too sure i've always been surprised why um youtube don't have the same thing that twitch had with like amazon prime i know they don't have a obviously a link no they they should do it because it's google yeah because I, I remember back in the day twitch i think they still have it now there's like an amazon prime thing that's why a lot of people on twitch would get so many subs and stuff because it was tied to amazon i'm not too sure how it works or whatever but i was surprised that that's not a thing that happens with um youtube and youtube premium that'd be a great way to sort of like have that kind of work let me actually check this out and see what that means and um, let me see if i can do it Let's a twitch amazon prime um yeah amazon prime sub so how does that work what is that all about uh so i said that i think it says here let me see um you can what what's that? you can switch to prime subscription at any time um yeah let's see this can you sub to amazon prime or twitch to subscribe with them, to subscribe with prime with prime gaming you have a channel subscription that you can be used as a part of an affiliate of a channel the host not no cost click the subscribe button do you have one free da, 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 da. How, how, does it, how does it work how does it work let's see what they say here because i'm curious i should see yeah so prime gaming it says has a premium experience on twitch that's included with amazon prime the Prime Video Membership. The Prime Gaming includes bonus games, exclusive in-game content and channel subscriptions. Every month at no additional cost can be used as any partner or affiliate channel, exclusive emotes and chat badges. So yeah, it's something that they have in line there with Twitch and Amazon Prime. So I would love to see if they do the same thing with, the, with YouTube Premium with content creators all going forward, maybe it would, um, you know, lead to an influx of people signing up to YouTube Premium. You never bloody know. You never bloody know. Next on the list here, I quickly want to mention um news here regarding Cortez. Um I have to be honest, um, I've been liking what Cortez Cortez has been doing for a while now. Um I've really liked the flipping uptick in quality, I feel like. Um the last few years I feel like maybe the sales have gone crazy good. And instead of some brands just churning out the same nonsense again. I feel like the um, Cortes team have basically invested every single penny, for me anyway, from the outside, it looks like they invested every single penny that they've made in selling t-shirts, doing all these you know mystery drops and stuff, flash sales, whatever it may be. And they've invested it back into the product because number one, the imagery. The imagery has improved tenfold. The styling has improved in the shoots. The lookbooks, the models, the casting, and fundamentally the clothing, the pieces themselves look so much better than they did maybe a couple of years ago. And it's so cool to see that evolution. I think that's always been one of the best things about being a fan of a streetwear brand is that you start buying a brand in streetwear when it kind of in its, is in its infancy and then along the way um especially when you're young you basically get to grow up with the brand the brand even kind of evolves and starts making more quote unquote mature pieces um their quality increases they start opening stores they maybe start um having new customers and shit or maybe you even start kind of hanging out and getting to the people behind the scenes but regardless you get to see it go from being a t-shirt brand and then kind of building itself up into like a fully fledged collection with quote unquote cut and sew and all this malarkey people kind of know and love and this is a good example of it with some of the pieces that are coming up in their new drop that they're about to have um in the next couple of days and one of the things i love the best is this jacket um it's um it reminds me, I forgot the name of the jacket, but there was a particular jacket in New York that used to get boosted all the time. That Supreme make a version of it as well. Um, it's really big. It's really padded Parker. Um, it's got loads of down filling inside it. I think the Supreme might have like 700 down inside of it and stuff. And they've made different variations of it over the years. And, um, Cortese have basically made their version of it in this lovely bone, ivory, off white type of colorway. And it's absolutely beautiful looking. Um, you can see at the front here, it's got loads of kind of zip compartments. So a bit the front chest pocket so maybe you can put your hands in the chest there which i've always been a fan of great big pockets in the front um nice big velcro straps as well and it just looks fucking warm as hell but if i had one slight criticism about this Parker, would just be the logo at the back um i've never been super fond of the courties logo um the alcatraz logo thing personally myself it's never been super fond of it but i do like this attempt to make it um you know somewhat tonal it looks like because the sky's shadow is behind it so i think the logo itself is white so the if the jacket itself is off-white then the logo is white so it doesn't show up too much i'm not really the biggest fan of like um big back logos on jackets personally i much prefer the little you know cortis you know little script they got here in the front as opposed to the big brand logo in the back but again this is just me being a bit of a nitpicky asshole um the leather jackets they make are really great um i kind of get a lot of like old school avrex and i forgot what the um, 80s brand was but there's a particular 80s brand or they used to make I think it might be members only or something but I think a lot of Cortese leather jackets or these sort of shapes kind of remind me of those sort of like leather jackets from the 80s and stuff so they do a really good job of those and one of Cortese is like kind of you know um, bread and butter the thing that they absolutely smash out of the park for me are their tracksuits like also or, or, or oh, their suits, right? Their top and bottoms. They're always, always fantastic. And this is a really good example of it. You've got the Alcatraz logo and it's sort of like, um, repeated all over this, um, olive green denim jeans sort of setup and again this kind of gives me dipset diplomatic type of vibes of course because it's filmed in it looks like the pictures are taken in New York anyway but it definitely gives me that sort of feeling um nice and baggy fit um the jacket fits just right and it just looks great you know what I mean like with a nice white crisp white t-shirt underneath like this model's wearing or just with a basic black t-shirt that this model's wearing here and I think they've got on Tim's as well so it's very very apt and very on point considering where they're at and where it's been filmed and another cool cool edition I'm not gonna lie is this logo because i'm not really as much as i don't like the Cortez alcatraz logo i'm also not the biggest fan of the script to be honest you know that's the weird thing like that's why i that's why i know i like the brand because i don't like the how the logo is kind of like splayed out but i'm also appreciating from the graphic design point of view how they've been able to work the C because the sea's starting to look like a thing now i'm starting to get my eyes are starting to get used to it and it's starting to look like a thing it looks fucking fantastic i'm not sure if this is mohair this jumper but essentially it's a nice um knitwear sweater and you've got the big c here in that kind of yellowy i don't know if it's a yellow as an off-white kind of colorway with a star at the end of it it looks really fucking fantastic i'm gonna be honest and i think i'm at a point now because i'm never gonna wear palace right because you know i think the fucking founders are cunts so I'd prefer to put my money to, with another UK brand. If I was gonna buy another UK brand to support, I think Cortez would definitely be the one that I would definitely be checking out because they've got some really really cool shit out there. Um, so this is a tweet courtesy of their account. It says their store's gonna open on Friday the seventh, London time. Twenty plus new products. Um, worldwide shipping available. Ships within ten to fifteen working days. Sign up on Cortez. Um, so sign up on c r t z dot x y z. Early password access via our Twitter tomorrow. Rules the world um and obviously pictures by chris current so absolutely incredible pictures love everything about it of course you know about the random drops like this is standard for streetwear i think the fashion people are f- freaking out with phoebe Philo. oh my god she's dropping random edits she's dropping edits throughout the, throughout the year no seasonal stuff no runway this is standard for streetwear and if what this allows it allows brands um that are small brands that are still beginning brands are in the infancy brands are kind of building to slowly but surely develop it allows you time to you know have a spark of inspiration it allows time for your customers to save up some money it just allows time for you to make cool interesting things throughout the year and you can drop them when you need to drop them and if you've got a big jacket that you want to sell you can sell it obviously closer to the winter and then obviously if you've got shorts and t-shirts you can sell that in the summer but you don't need to do this stupid seasonal stuff and collections on certain dates when everyone else is doing them you can just drop two times in a year um different you have two main collections in in year and then kind of have little things in between there like collabs and stuff going on so this is no surprise if you're a streetwear head you know what I'll go on with this but again like I said I think Cortese have been doing amazing work this is another um bigger picture of the actual jacket that they've got selling what well, that's going to come out soon it's actually Gore-Tex as well I didn't know that oof this looks beefy like you can just tell from the picture itself right um the jacket is like it's it's a substantial piece you know like the the shape of it is absolutely incredible too actually. You've got this nice sort of like arch which kind of looks like an N, right? And it carries that shape all the way around. So that's how you know it's been cut really well. You got the inside here, it's got that big N and then of course you've got it here around the edges of the shoulders too. It looks really fucking good. Um if it was me again nitpicky I'd like this logo to be tonal too. If the back logo is white tonal I'd like the front one to be tonal then maybe you can have the little um logo or branding here on the wrist to be different. But I do like how it looks it looks absolutely fantastic look at that and i think it's probably going to be waterproof as well um nice big collar funnel collar too so you can kind of hide your face behind it and sort of use it like a de facto scarf um and i also like the kind of champagne brown type of lining on the inside also i'm a big fan of it i wonder if it's going to come in different colors i doubt it but and i also i'm curious to know why they picked this colorway it's an interesting one to pick in it, like this white puffer, because, um, you'd imagine it'd get dirty really quickly or whatever, who cares, but I wonder why. Oh, it's not, it's actually, actually not Gore-Tex. Okay. I thought the logo, the logo kind of looked like a Gore-Tex logo. Maybe that was, um, done on purpose. It says Bolo B-I-G. Um, on the logo there and of course you've got those little um, courties and signal on the inside as well all the stuff is really cool as a as a customer to purchase but I'm assuming a lot of this is also done to like you know to avoid um, counterfeits and shit because all this stuff is a lot harder and maybe cost a lot more money to kind of do and they these little all over print um, tonal logos on the inside there but yeah it looks absolutely fantastic I'm a big fan of it I love that jacket and um, we've got some other bits in here too I want to quickly check out oh, and again um, this is their collection throughout early the year just to kind to show you that i've been um you know liking what they've been doing recently and i think for me something that i'm kind of gutted i missed out on is this tracksuit this olive green um it kind of looks like an army um uh, material type of um tracksuit jacket thing going on it's so hard i'm so pissed off i didn't get this when it dropped um so you've got this kind of like an anorak um half quarter zip um jacket i wouldn't say it's half zip so it's a quarter zip jacket you've got this really big pockets it kind of if anything reminds me of like head porter i remember Porter had like a collection similar to this where they had these anorak type jackets and pants with pockets all over them if anything i think the the head porter one had the same pockets on the on the jacket on as on the pants where this is a bit different so you've got these big massive pockets here at the, at the at the front on the chest you've got two different types of logos one with the badge one with the screen printing you've got the slip pockets on the side You've got these nice pockets here on the way. And then, of course, the, what I've always liked about Cortez is the shape of the pants. They're neither too flared or they're too baggy. They're just about right. And then you've also got the addition of this cool little strap on the side, um, where you can kind of adjust the, the, what you call it, the hole, um, at the bottom of your pants as well. But yeah, very, very, very well done. This is one of my favorite pieces they've ever put out, to be fair. I'm not going to lie. I absolutely adore it. And of course, the lookbook pictures imagery itself looks absolutely fantastic. I'm um, not really too bothered about the polo zip thing going on there, but again, just really nice pictures. Very well done. Um, I love the prison pants. They look really cool too. And the orange maybe ties in with the Alcatraz Cortez logo. And they've also had gloves as well in the past. that look really good. I'm assuming we'll double up as good. Um, calisthenic type of things going on there as well. Um, and actually, you know what's actually good about Cortez? I'm just thinking about it. I don't really know them or think of them as a t-shirt brand, you know. I think of them as like making actual peters. That's actually a really impressive part of what they've been able to do over the years. You don't actually think of them as like just making t-shirts. Um, They make far more than that. And then, of course, one of the other things that I really liked about what they did was this varsity jacket they put out earlier. Because I don't know what it was about the varsity jacket, but it looks very London, if that's possible. I don't know if it's because of the branding at the bottom of the jacket that's kind of, you know, making me go crazy, but I love that the varsity jacket looks like a brand from the UK making their own version of the varsity jacket as opposed to trying to co-opt American culture and come off a bit beggy. I'm not sure if that makes any sense, but there's been a lot of brands I've seen in the UK who've co-opted that kind of American, um, style. Um, I think even Clint is a, is a big, um, is a big, um, victim of doing that sort of stuff. Although I like some of the Clint stuff, some of the stuff can look a little bit too much like wannabe from LA, wannabe from New York, whereas I think like Cortese do a good job of sort of taking... Americana, streetwear, menswear, staple items, and then giving them a twist, a UK twist. And I think that's what we always grew up with in the UK. Um, No one really, obviously there was a few African uncles out there that were trying to dress like they were from the States, right? From the States. But for the most part, we all just took what we saw with these guys on TV, on music videos, and kind of made it our own. Do you know what I mean? That's a really, I always think of that, that legendary um top of the pops performance with, um what you call it, with more fire crew when they all decked head to toe in iceberg history. That was a particular, um, very UK expression, but then also a kind of flip on what we are seeing some of our US counterparts doing, but doing it in a sort of European sort of like lens. So I do like the fact that they had this germ um, jacket in the way that they did. Um, you've got this amazing... Um bull uh British bull. I'm not sure we go British bulldog, but I feel like this ball with the horns is somewhat of a UK insignia. There's something very UK ish about this and how it's written on there. And I love the stars in between all the letters down the, on the end as well. Um rules the world in between is absolutely incredible and the numbers in the front too. But I'm I'm assuming it did really well because it sold out pretty quickly, I'm assuming. And then the same with the mohair. Um you have got some nice pants here in the back and again the models, the casting, the posing, everything just looks so good, man. You want to, you just want to wear everything in this collection. Um, I love a great track suit. Um, not really, again, not too fond of the logo itself personally, if it was me. Um, I love that the, the, they're wearing the Nocturne Drake slides again. Uh, I think the slides, whatever the shoes are called, um, they look really good there in that collection. And then you've got a really good picture here with this nice little crop top with the logo on it too. So yeah, big up Cortez. Do always do incredible and great things. Uh, big fan of the brand. Love how they're growing. And again, another, cool imagery lookbook stuff they put on this this Subaru track suit might be one of their best ever to be fair um really really well done um this amazing another amazing what's this? this like a pinstripe denim suit is that pinstripe no it's not pinstripe but it looks close to it that's fucking fire in it that looks so good bro like honestly Cortese do some really really good work I have to be honest they, they might be my favorite brand from the UK hands down if you're not gonna wear it you know Palace is fucking dud done out here and it's very very caucasian anyway or a certain type of you know urban individual would be wearing pallets. you know those labrook grove men that rolled up their own cigarettes and wear loafers with tracksuit bottoms and shit allow that but if you're on something a little bit different and supporting someone that's actually doing some good work and seems pretty chill i think this is a good option so yeah big up cool and actually to end it let's play their ad they just put out this really cool advert um randomly i'm not too sure even what the point was of this to be honest um it just kind of dropped randomly and they put this ad out and it looks fucking incredible i'm not going to lie i think actually it might be to promote the Parker. i take it back i think it might be to promote this Parker, if i'm not mistaken i think the model is wearing this Parker here right this um there's some um, big off-white parker that's going to be coming out soon uh, i think that's what it was kind of done to promote if i'm not mistaken so let's play this and then of course we'll move on and who's it directed by so let me just give that person credit it's directed by a person called waleed labry so big up waleed labry Big up Cortez. Cool always doing some cool interesting things let's play this advert right now This is UK heritage by the way, right? Coffee shops, right? Breakfast spots, cafes, cafes, cafes as we like to call them here in the UK. This is British heritage and I love that um cafes especially in ends are like um the sort of like they're basically a better meeting ground of all different types of cultures than going to the pub pubs are usually very very mundele right there's loads of whites over there but i feel like calves are usually a better place to get a real reflection of what your area is like in general and you know some calves are made better than others but mostly you go there for a fucking greasy fry up a ham sandwich a jackie potato some lasagna sometimes right it can happen to lasagna with fries is a very um uk way of eating lasagna but but I love how cafes are like the staple of some communities, and they've basically turned into the de facto community centers that we all know and love. Let's continue with the video. <laughs> some guy peeking through the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Bolo is big IG. That's pretty cool, isn't it? It's pretty cool. So yeah, big up Cortez doing excellent work there. Big up Cortez doing absolutely excellent, excellent, excellent undisputed great work moving on to people doing great and undisputed great work we've got stussy's holiday 2023 lookbook also we're a bit heavy with the streetwear today um we've got a collection here that is of course just standard greats from stussy to be honest um let's just read a bit of the blurb here it says for this holiday season stussy presents a versatile collection that blends technical textiles seasonal mainstays and cold weather essentials with its namesake patterns and recognizable iconography wrinkled nylon puffer jackets sprayed dyed canvas big old jeans and colorful knitwear are styled alongside mohair trench coats, corduroy blazers and shirling bombers. Layering classic silhouettes with brands laid back staples. Available worldwide at select chapter stores from Friday the 3rd at 10am. So if you're listening to this today, you should have probably seen um, some of this stuff being available. Um, for me, as per usual, it's just always on point. The styling is fucking great. I want every single fucking piece in this fucking collection. I'm not going to lie. The fleece is absolutely absolutely incredible love everything about it but my favorite piece my favorite piece has to be to one of these jackets this leather jacket is absolutely god god's here it's probably going to be a million bucks but this sort of like crinkled um aesthetic leather jacket oh i've also noticed they've got an, a double s belt buckle thing as well a belt with um the double s on the inside insignia that's going to be a real popular sort of bit as well There, people are going to get all over that one that was fucking great. I love that. Again, nice polar tech fleece. They do really good fleeces. I think over the season. Um, I think there's probably no need to buy a North Face Denali. Um, uh, it's probably probably makes more sense to get one from like Brain Dead or again from Stussy because I feel like they do some really good fleeces. Season in, season out. Um, a nice leather bomber jacket with a hood. There, the pants are flipping amazing. I also love the addition of these mountain boots that they have here. I'm sure they're probably a, a, a collaboration with Dyne I forgot what the the name of the brand is. I think it's like Dynamy. The Odini. I've got you pronounce it properly um, I also love the fact that they have this orange bomber jacket I've got too many of these anyway but I do love when brands decide to sometimes flip the classic bomber jacket that's usually brown with the orange lining and have it with your orange lining on the outside um, the colour looks great the materials look like this might not be the nylon nylony type that you're used to it looks like a brushed or some sort of cotton it looks like maybe it's been insulated, I'm not too sure that looks really great as well um i'm not sure if their shoes there are dr martin's collab i'm not really too sure on that one but they look great the double-breasted jack um, blazer jacket looks awesome i'm not really fond of the styling on this though i think the abundance of these big old jeans are a bit too much i would probably wear these with a bit more slimmer cut of a jean but i do like this double-breasted blazer thing and of course the script logo hat as well looks absolutely fire um, great jacket there. That real tree camo pants. They've been all over the place. I feel like this season, they've been one of the most popular things I've seen out here. Um, great again. Camo, um, uh, print. You got this girl wearing these big trousers with cowboy boots. It looks like so I'm not too, I'm not too mad at that. To be fair, it looks really good. Look, oof, look at this this feels like what is what would you call that i think you'd call that a chesterfield maybe or maybe just a long coat that's been made in this really nice wool material it looks very very cozy and it's wrapped around on the waist with a belt that's a proper good jacket that's giving me adam kimmel vibes. that's what i'm feeling with Stussy these days whoever's designing for them i feel like it's giving me a lot of adam kimmel vibes if you know you know that looks really fantastic um and then my favorite piece is this this is the pièce de résistance this jacket that this model's wearing in blue. I think it's called a ripstop jacket. I think I might have it here on, on the Dover Street Market site. Yep. There you go. It's a men's parachute ripstop down puffer in powder blue. I'm definitely getting this for this season. It's absolutely gorgeous. Look at that. That, that might have to be my coat for this season. I've got a couple already that I'm going to be pulling out for the colder weather, like my Vetements jacket that I've been, um, that I happened to get another one as well, that I'm absolutely happy about my Parker, but this might be my go-to day today. I love the color. That blue is so fucking beautiful. I love the cinch at the bottom here. Um The silver zips are a really nice addition too. They balance well with this jacket itself. I'm not too sure if it has an inbuilt hood on the inside. It may do, it may not. I'm not too sure. I don't really that bother to be fair, but it looks fucking great, the shape of it is so good and then of course you've got this nice little um, Stussy hit there on the sleeve as it's been embroidered in, it looks so fucking fantastic Um it says here number 5 YK it's got a YKK metal zip uh, metal zip pockets, adjustable shock cord, um, hem and a Stussy basic stock logo on the left cuff, 100% nylon and fills down with 10% feather, so this is going to be super super warm um, and it's only 300. I think for a down jacket in that shape, it's pretty decent to be fair. Um It's probably cost less than a retail note face to be fair. Um And obviously you get the addition that it's not just a note face, it's a little bit more cooler looking and stuff. So I love that jacket. That's one of my favorites. I think it also comes in black and I think another color. I think it was like a champagne brown. But to me, that sky blue, sorry that powder blue color is definitely the one for me um you've got another long chesterfield type jacket that looks really cool with a nice brown collar oh look at the gloves you've got leather driving gloves type of style with the s's on it they look great oh i'm all over them as well that's definitely something i'm going to try and purchase those leather gloves look fucking great um you've got this jacket which looks like a bit like a field jacket in this nice camo blue type of color i love that look actually with the suede or oh, i think that's a corduroy um what you call it collar that works really well there i'm not really too mad at that also um you've got another puffer jacket another down jacket that looks more crinkled with the logos on the side again i love the logo patches on the sleeve i probably prefer those than having them on the chest i'm not gonna lie when it comes to the jackets um and then again paired up with those same camo pants from that camo jacket up there at the top it looks really cool um again you've got the same i think same jacket kind of pattern not too sure if it's been crinkled or if that's just like a pattern. I'm not too sure. If the material is crinkled a pattern, but either way, I love it. Um I love the basic black shorts with a little um Stussy here on the bottom there i wonder if they were gonna get um more of those in different colorways i guess so um a nice stucy sport t-shirt i love that logo love the color combination also or oh, look at that big blue jacket with a stucy sport at the back again i'm not really big on the big logos and whatnot but there's something about that Stussy script that i just absolutely adore um the fleece here looks absolutely great sort of like a chess piece um design with the little green um borders around the hexagonal brown bits and bobs on off-white color. And um, the combat pants here look really nice here. The cargo pants look really good there too. And then you've got this. That's, I think that's the same jacket I featured that I was talking about up, up top. It's sort of like a field jacket. You've got four pockets at the front. And it's got this really nice kind of boxy shape to it. So yeah, I'm not mad at that. Um, That same jacket This is more like a chore jacket It feels like in a washed out blue With the same lip, same colour Pants as well, I love that This denim suit is absolutely brilliant Oof, I'm not mad at that denim suit In the slightest to be fair You've got that piling on the inside And you've got the double knee pants Looks really awesome You got a mohair Again I've seen a lot of this this season Probably because of the the season Loads of mohair Fluffy jumper type of things You got this nice powder blue one Which looks great The The puffy blue jumper With the pants and the Mary Janes A nice little bit of styling there I'm not going to lie I'm not mad at that Oh look at this knit That is lovely it. In that yellow That would look really good on me mate that color on black skin is fucking golden. it got this nice yellow, almost looking like a weird mix between lime green and yellow. It looks really good. And it's sort of almost see-through with this nice um, S logo on the back. That looks brilliant. Um, you've got this good shadow played um, flannel, I think shirt probably maybe zipped. And then you've got a nice bomber jacket with some good cargoes, also good real tree camo pants there, a nice vest cardigan oh i love that hoodie actually that hoodie is oh that look is me all all day long that look there's me with this orange um fluffy sweater vesting or sweat fluffy hoodie um sweater thing at the moment you know i'm getting so gas i'm kind of losing my words here and also these nice camo pants this is like me all over i love this look this look is fucking brilliant and then yeah, and in the start photography you got Liam McRae, um, styling Landon Ebling, and models are Jan, Adriana, and Landon. So definitely check it out if you haven't already. Stu's coming at you very, very strong. Not sure if it's available yet to see the, all the prices yet. Let me see if the if the if the website is open just yet. No, not open yet just yet. Holiday collection delivery will be available soon um but yeah it's not open just yet we can't see what the prices are going to be like at the moment unfortunately um it's a password entry type of thing, but at least we have an idea on the collection what it looks like i think if we actually go here to actually dover street market i think they'll actually tell us if i'm not mistaken let me see if i go back to dover street market i think they'll actually tell us if they've got any other new bits and pieces let's click on stucy and it'll probably show you other bits and pieces so yeah so i really got some prices for the men's chunky sweater that i mentioned before that's 185 the shelling work gear vest is 380 um the faded overshirt is 160 what else is here that i saw in the collection i think that's it really i don't see anything else that was there before to be fair everything else looks kind of different oh i love the star logo that star that star pig dyed logo thing looks really great i love the look of that the s logo um, letterman hoodie looks really awesome too that venus pigment dyed t-shirt here looks really great and yeah as per usual this is one of my favorites always consistent you can't really go wrong with so definitely check them out if you haven't already please do check them out if you haven't already always flipping great always amazing always interesting and all of that malarkey in between all of that malarkey in between and then we've also got a couple of other pieces I wanted to quickly mention here before I leave you guys bear with me a second I actually do like these actually this is a courtesy of hype pieces the black denim Nike Air Max 1 86s and essentially the 86 pairs of our Air Max 1s are basically made more to spec to the original Air Max 1s which were called 90, Air Max eighty sixes back in the day because of the year that they released and the uh, one thing that you'll notice about these remodel or this reworking or this reimagined pair is the fact that they now have this classic big window and the big window if I'm not mistaken the history about it was that when Tinker Hatfield designed these shoes they were originally designed with this massive big window this massive air bubble so essentially if I'm not mistaken the Nike Air Max air bubble extends that size anyway but the window that nike put on them was mostly a thing to avoid um crackling and popping of the bubbles. so i think when the window was really big and exaggerated like if you look at older pairs of air max 95s and shit you'll see that they've got really big exaggerated air bubbles and i think they sort of like did did away with them because over time people would use them and the bubbles would burst or they'll kind of crumple and shit so they had to kind of you know lower the size of them and make them a little bit more smaller and kind of encase them a little bit more so that people's shoes wouldn't burst but i guess now they figured out a way to have this really big exaggerated window so you can see the whole entire um backside bit of the where the bubble that sits on the MX, and you've got this really exaggerated crazy shape that looks absolutely incredible and on older pieces i remember um on vintage pairs of mx ones this material would actually be two different types of polyurethane so you get this nice sort of like dye and off white type of yellowing going on on the midsole if you wore them a lot of the time so i love that they've kind of recreated that by having this it's just probably a prints probably not even two pieces but i still like the little addition of detail and i was just saying that i think this colorway is quite mediocre personally in my opinion i don't think it's that great but i think the shape is what sells it so that's why something i always said why i'm really annoyed that nike doesn't do more of these faithful reddits so these faithful retros where they take these legendary shoes and they try to remake them how they were made you know when they first released because what ends up happening is that the shape of the shoe is so appealing that it makes whatever color you put on this shoe look really cool don't get me wrong these kind of are giving a little bit of sean wotherspoon right it's sort of like nike decided to take sean wotherspoon's aesthetic and put it on a shoe a gr type of shoe because you've got this nice mix of different materials you've got denims going on here you've got leathers um you've got that looks like might be a suede going on a new buck and maybe another material here on the front so it's nice little mix of materials and obviously the hues and the palettes look very sean wotherspoon but i still think the colorway is not that great but the model itself is what sells it and i wish nike would decide to do more faithful retros of like air max lights of like structures um even just dunks the actual shape of dunks is that fucking awful the ones that everyone's are usually buying they're fucking really really bad in my personal opinion i'd love to see dunks done and made more to spec to the old kind of really really um rectangular straight up kind of shape that it used to have before nowadays they're a little bit too banana-y they're a little bit too flat they don't really have a lot of substance or substance behind them and they kind of a little bit wishy-washy so i do like the fact that they did these with these air maxes so these are going to to be coming out soon let's see the other pictures of them actually and what they look like up close um looks like the bubble itself might be is that clear or is that a little bit of a a green tinge there i don't know if it's green it looks really nice though to be fair the bubble itself and then again you got all the mix of materials there um you've got this nice black denim kind of a way another black denim a, a black leather sort of mud guard with a crinkle effect you've got this sort of like nubuck or suede on the toe box which is really interesting choice personally i would have gone with mesh if that was me because this would crease really easily but i still like the you know the little flip and then of course you've got a little nice little leather um tag as well here on the tongue so nice little addition as well uh, but there's loads of bits here that will probably get crinkled and fucked up like this pink um inside of the shoe once you put your if, unless you know you're wearing new socks every time you wear the pair of shoes but if you repeat socks i've got a feeling this back collar bit would end up getting a bit smudged and dirty and I have a feeling this this toe box will get really crinkled very easily with this sort of like suede nubuck toe box going on there so that might be something to keep an eye on if you're going to purchase them but they do look fucking beautiful though especially for the top down they look so nice with the pink laces i actually take it back i think the colorway is kind Hard, I'm not gonna lie, that color is kind of winning me over with the pink lining on the inside there and the pink laces. That like, they look absolutely special. I absolutely love these. And then, of course, you've got the nice um, logo design here at the back. I, I, it would have been nice if it was all bejeweled, but I guess maybe they can't do it with the letters, but they got the letters embroidered. They've got the Nike in the air. And then the actual swoosh itself is like a almost a bejeweled type of design if you know anything about your Kodok JP um, Air Maxes. And, then of course, yeah, you got this nice – look at this. You've got this nice raw, um, you know, hem here or edge on the side where they cut the pattern for the mudguard. It hasn't been sealed or anything, which I always love. And then, yeah, you've got the addition of what looks like I thought, oh, okay, it's not if it's not corduroy, it might be denim, then or well, maybe it is corduroy. This material here, this pink material, maybe it is corduroy, and maybe this is corduroy also, or is that denim? I'm not too sure, but either way, good material traces. I love it. You got the leather, you got the suede, a new buck, and you got whatever this is corduroy denim. So you got three different materials here, all in one, really. It looks really cool, you cannot deny that. And then, what's the last picture here at the end? You've got a picture here of the back as well with the little um, stumbled lever as well. So big up them for that. Oh, I think the, the, the air bubble might be blue. It might be a kind of a little blue type of tinge in there. Love that. Um, let's read a bit of the blurb. It says Nike's Air Max line may be a decade old, but it continues. Okay hype piece article and is so terrible let's skip all that bit, Then it finishes says kicking off the new pair the upper begins with a textured leather mudguard and black that wraps around the shoe, from there a rough blue suede base is accompanied with pink denim a signature black denim enters a mix with primary midfoot overlay and the heel counters the swooshes carry the light grey leather that contrasts with the denim, supporting the sneakers and off-white midsole with a visible air unit is joined by a combination of pastel blues and pinks and rubble out so at the time of writing like it has not yet revealed any dates on the when it's going to be releasing the black denim colorway the MX186. Stay tuned for updates. So I sure I saw recently there was an 86 of the blue of like the classic kind of white with blue and I'm sure there's another one coming up soon but I do like this colorway. I think this looks absolutely fire. Love it so far no date when it's meant to be coming out but they're saying that it could retail for $170 which is a bit steep but like I said before I would be willing to pay the extra bit of money for retros that get made faithfully um then pay whatever they were charging before for the banana fucking shaped nonsenses that they were putting out 174 for a faithful retro is definitely something that i'm really into especially if they do this these interesting colorways. this is a really fresh approach to doing colorways that they haven't done before especially with the air max you know there's no mesh here if i'm not mistaken the The Sean Wobberspoon Air Max 1 things, 87s, they didn't have a a mesh anywhere either. So maybe this was the inspiration for it. Because like I said, it does remind me a lot of the Sean Wobberspoon. What was it again? Is it Nike Air Max something, right? Nike Air Max. Let's just put that in there. It kind of reminds me a little bit, yeah, of the what they called the 1 slash 97s, right? The mix between the 97s on the top and the Air Max 1 on the bottom. Like this colorway. Imagine with an 86 air unit, how these would look. If they had this exaggerated, um, super big um, air bubble unit, right? That's where i got it. It's over there. Let's move this tab over here so you can see it. Bear with me a second if I do that. Boom, boom, boom. Yeah. Imagine that air unit on a pair of Sean Wetherspoons, they would look so hard, so maybe there's a chance to do that, maybe they might do, um, open up on Nike, yeah, These probably unlikely, but this is again, one of the best Nike models of all time, to be fair, collaboration wise, Sean Weatherspoon absolutely snapped on these, but yeah, these didn't have any mesh bits on them at all, did they? From what I can tell here, there are no mesh bits on these shoes, it's just straight up corduroy, or whatever material it is, let me just get this stock X picture, so I can see it in fucking, it's full HD potential, that's the pair there. Oh, that's the toddler pair. Is that a toddler pair, it says? Toddler, okay, cool. I don't need that. I need the actual picture of the shoe. See if I can get it. There you go. I think that's the one there. Um, That picture there. Boom, boom, boom. Copy the address. Let's put that over here. Let's see what it looks like. But yeah, you've got... So on the Sean you've got just a complete mix of corduroy everywhere. So from the green to the purple to the... To the blues, to the pinks, to the grays, to the yellow And to this kind of browny type of colorway. So it's all, it's all corduroy But yeah, I would love to see that same level Potential give to that So I do like the shoe itself When it does come out, you shall know When it does come out, you shall know another one also we got this um regarding these dunks again i'm not really the biggest fan of dunks to be fair i'm kind of tired of sbs in general and i think the way that nike has forced dunks down our throats should be studied um i remember when i used to work for nike there was a I think it might have been the thirty-fifth anniversary of the dunk when I was working for the no, was it thirty fifth? I don't know what it what it was, but when they put out those um dunks that had um, that were based on American sports colleges or whatever, college teams and shit. Um I remember that was the time that I was around and I think they were done in like a suede type and finish and everyone was and everyone kinda of didn't really didn't really care unless they were like, you know, limited edition SBs but Nike have been really resilient. They've been really kind of steadfast in pushing dunks. They have never stopped. I feel like they push dunks in terms of special collaborations and celebrations more than they push Air Force Ones, which is weird because I feel like Air Force Ones are a far superior shoe in that kind of, you know, classic sort of like upper design and shit. But whatever, people seem to be loving dunks. They seem to be going crazy for them. And I think these might be another ones of the crazy ones because this is like a limited edition version of the Panda Dunk, but it's kind of done a bit better. It looks really cool. So this is courtesy of Hypebeast. This is a tight booth um Announces the launch party for this Nike Dunk Low that's supposed to be coming out soon. I've seen these all over the social medias. Um, I think it's a store based in Japan, if I'm not mistaken, or a brand, and they've done this um collaboration here with Nike on their SBs, and they're essentially the Panda Dunk colorway, if I'm not mistaken. It is white and black, right? Panda Dunks. I'm pretty sure. I'm not mistaken. I'm, I'm not mistaken it. It's not that black and white. I think it's white and black, right? Oh no, it's black and white. Okay, cool. I got it wrong. So it's a flip on the Panda Dunk colorway. So on the mud guard. Um, or on the, or on the toe box is black. And I guess on the Panda Duck is white. So you've got that flip of a colorway, but I do like how they look anyway. They look really cool, especially with the addition of the little black midsole and the white outside. I feel that helps to kind of break up the shoe, if anything. So yeah, big up tight booth. Um, let's actually scan through a couple of the pictures. You've got this really nice, um, almost grated, serrated sort of like top design, which kind of reminds me of like, you know, metal sheets and shit with the sort of like, you know, little lines on the outside of them. And then you've also got the addition, it looks like a graphite swoosh to you. I don't think it's graphite, maybe it's patent or leather, not really too sure. But you've got this nice material on the outside with these nice little patterns with the white slashes. You've got a Nubuck or suede um toe box. Again, this is probably great for skateboarding, anyway, because I'm sure these little lines will help with the abrasions. And the suede with skateboarding on grip tape is always a good addition. And then you've also got the white hit on the laces, you've got the dots on the tongue, a nice crisp white insole, um, lining here as well. And then, like I said, I love the breakup when you've got like a white space of a shoe I love being able to break it up with this nice black um, midsole type of color and then having it combined with the white outsole. I think that looks really, really cool. And then of course, you've got a really nice bright um, orange um, insoles there with Type booth SB as well written on the inside and In the back you've got the black strap as well. And again, look at that suede. The combination with the suede and the leather. That is really nice. I really like that to be fair. I'm not going to lie. That's a really good combo. And then you've got the Type booth logo on the tongue itself as well, which would be cool because I think if i'm not mistaken dunk low sbs and also you got this nice little tab orange tab on the swoosh if i'm not mistaken dunk low sbs nowadays usually have elastic on the tongue so you don't really need to lace them up anyway you're especially wear your size and whatever you can basically have them slot in so it'd be pretty cool to see people maybe wearing them laceless um so that you can just see the type of the tongue as well that might be a cool little flex and also you've got little type of hits on the end of the sneaker tips as well himself and a type of guess be on the insole there let's read a little bit of the blurb here courtesy of hypebeast um let's read the first update bloody how many updates have been there been jesus christ update 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 original story so japanese label Type booth led by professional skateboarder um senpai unio okay it's a skateboarding brand then my bad i thought it was just a label itself a brand um so shin what's about shinpai you you has established itself across the world throughout recent years to accomplish this um the brand has teamed up with various collaborators such as bill Blum. um now it's continuous ascent with nike and Nike SB. Previewing by Unio himself, the forthcoming release reinvents the SB Dunk Low upper, pairing its texture with the materials of a unique arrangement. First, the base utilizes a hairy suede black, offset with the off-white overlays with a scratch texture. Teaming up with the color-matching lining, a reflective oh, it's a reflective black switch Okay, so it's probably 3M. That's really nice, so you can skate at night and it'll be lit up and stuff. As of now, no details are there. Obviously, you have got the the owner himself there, um, Shinpai, showing a pair on Instagram back in the day. They look really cool. Um, I like the orange lining on the inside of the tongue. Actually, that's a nice little hit there. And then if we scan up at the update, um, we'll see here some more pictures. Of, I think this is actually as the time was continuing on, right, in terms of developing the shoe itself. You have got more images here of the shoe, as we mentioned previously. Oh, I love the little ta- I love the little hit of the orange on this little Nike SB logo or section of the outsole itself. That looks really cool. Nice little detail there. Um, update again. We scroll back up. We've got a detailed look of it courtesy of an account, um, called Private Selection. I guess it's ones that always get in the leaks of the shoes and shit. Let's see their detailed pictures also. Yeah, I love, I love, I love that kind of metal grated sort of like design on the top of the levers. well. it looks really cool. Maybe it could be a little bit more, you know, it could be a little bit more, um, prof- you know, it could be a little bit more substantial. Maybe they could have made maybe actually made them individually stick out more. But I do like them anyway I feel they look really cool Little orange shit on the inside And then we scroll back up again For the recent update again With that crappy account that does The fucking toe box thing Which is fucking annoying But hey them and then I think we've got official update here courtesy kind of Typebooth account themselves um, so the update here Japanese label is releasing its collaborative Dunclone Neck this month the brand has announced a special launch party in Tokyo the commemorative event goes on on 10th of November Admission administrative event is free and includes drinks and pizza bloody hell, it's only to be in Tokyo I'd love to be in Tokyo right now and the skating session and the trick contents elsewhere sneakers has revealed that the shoe is scheduled to launch on November the 14th at $135 USD check out the late post i wonder am i the only one that i don't know i haven't bought a shoe on sneakers in a long time but do they even sell sbs on the uk sneakers or is it just still getting them directly from the skateboard um stores that sell sbs in the first place i wonder why because i don't really i feel like i've never seen an sb on the sneakers app in the uk at least anyway but for some reason the us guys always get sbs you know sold through sneakers i wonder why they don't do them here in the uk maybe i'm mistaken let me just double check my account oh no they do they do they do uh, i'm i'm dumb because there's a pair of um dunk sbs in that fog black coming out um so yeah i'm completely wrong there yeah in the black colorway the black colorway with sort of like the the gum outside as you can see there that colorway is coming out for the uk one so yeah we do get sbs um, courtesy of the sneakers app, which is also beneficial because going to London skate shops is not the vibe, man. Those guys can be fucking cunts. They're going to be so mean. So it's nice that we got an ability to buy these shoes, you know, an- anonymously online and stuff without having to, you know, fucking do a kick flip to get a shoe and shit. So big up them. Um, yeah, I love the shoe. It looks fucking awesome. Not really too mad at it in the slightest. And I think these are going to be very popular with a lot of people out there, especially because they're essentially a reverse panda dunk, but also limited edition right they've got all these limited edition ticks on them the the little design on the white leather bits the the orange tab there's loads of little bits on it that you instantly know okay these are special you know i mean they're not like normal shoes so people are going to be all over them you know people love to look like they've got special shoes on and shit so don't expect these to be hanging around anytime soon so big up tight booth big up tight booth those shoes are going to be absolutely everywhere when they eventually drop people are going to be fighting kung fu style to get a pair of them people will be fighting kung fu style to get a pair of them i almost almost can guarantee that to be true um and then we also have to mention this actually courtesy where is it if i can get it up on the site oh where is it did i load it i thought i had it already here what's going on what is wrong with me here where did i have it oh man did i have it I guess I don't, I thought I had what I needed to show you bear with me just one second as i try to get oh there we go find it yeah so um big up this girl called um nicole mclawen um who's got her own hawker mafete free two collab coming out very soon and to be fair i've not been the biggest fan of this nicole girl's design she's the one that's known for taking like a you know a, a flipping carhartt chore jacket and turning it into a bikini and shit right it feels a little bit like a one trick pony thing like how many more of these type of things can you do you take an ikea bag you make into a hat it's like come on it's a bit boring after a while but regardless um she seems to be a very um astute designer usually um and i also love the fact that she uses her hands and stuff right there's not a lot of people out there that are actually fucking you know cutting and stapling and stitching and gluing stuff together with their actual hands and not just sitting there in front of a psd and clicking around on layers and stuff so definitely give her credit for that and I have to give her credit for putting together a sick collab with Hoka. Um, it looks fucking awesome. Essentially, it's basically modular in in the way. It basically has this weird sock design that makes it look like a high boot, but then you can also transform it into a low. And then it also has different straps, so you can make it into like different types of models and shit. It's a really cool approach um to a sneaker collab. So definitely give her a lot of flowers for this one. This courtesy of hypebeast. It says a first look at Nicole McLuhan's Hoka Mafate Free collab um, And it looks really fucking hard. Um, so, designer um, Nicole McLaren, um has earned a significant following for her ability to create out of the ordinary designs that are often playful in nature and lean into DIY aesthetic. Following her time designing at Reebok, she has gone through work um, from a range of footwear brands producing one of a kind projects. Now, she's teamed up with Hawker to introduce the latest silhouette, the Mafati, was it Mafati? Yeah? Mafati Free 2 with a twist. The Mafati Free 2 arrives in a combination of Mafati 2 and a modernising the tube with a street-ready look that utilises a quick lace system and a vibrant sole. From a McLubbin's take on this new style, the gaiter has been applied, erasing its collar um, perfectly to convert it into a high top. The gaiter appears in black and red and neon with green stitching. glass underneath the gaiter, the upper of the shoe features a grey and yellow and black and white lines. While the Mafate 3 is set to make its inline debut on October 27th, Nicole's gaiter-equipped collaborator will follow um, on November the so definitely chase you for that as you can see there she's wearing them there out on the trails she's actually out there in the field doing the work we love to see that you got that great sock design right going on there and then i think if i check on her instagram actually there's actually more pictures that show you kind of how you can basically um take them apart and kind of make them your own i think this one might be a good option to check actually let's see if we can get this to load bear with me a second because my comp is on the mad one but essentially if i'm not mistaken you can basically you know modular change them and stuff right so you've got this option here which you've got oh wow i love this one there are loads of different pockets all over the place where you can stuff little bits and pieces in here um so this look really cool the bright super bright in it wow and then of course this is what it looks like without the gator type of high top design you've got this big red um midsole here yellow accents and stuff and this nice yellow and black sort of mix on the top um and then, of course, you've got the logo there. She's using a gaiter again and then more of the shoe itself. As you can see here, she you know, she's kind of like lacing up that thing on the outside of it to kind of protect it. Maybe it's to keep from fluff or stuff getting in on your shoe or maybe it's to help it to be a bit more waterproof. I'm not really too sure, but I'd love it anyway. And then let's click this video here. and Maybe this will show us how you can basically take them apart, if I'm not mistaken. Let's see if this works. Yeah, she's turning around. She's unzipping the gaiter thing, removing it from the upper of the shoe. And then you can basically change it. So yeah, all different ways to wear the gator and then collab releasing tomorrow. Um, again, you can clip it on the outside to make it look like a, uh, it looks like a mule or something with the laces covered to be fair, like a sandal. You've got another way to put it where you can, oh wow, you can cover the back of it and basically make. It kind of silver sort of see kind of you know i guess waterproof so there's no seal there and nothing can get through and you can also wear them regular like regular hawker running shoes they look so good though man that's a really again um i, I think her designs can be a little bit one trick ponyish, right there's only so many versions of an ikea bag turned into a backpack that i want to see but i do appreciate that the collab is very true to her design aesthetic and they're actually somewhat functional oh they kind of build on the vans in it that van shoe that she did, they kind of build a little bit on that. The van slip on that she did with all the little pockets, the gardening shoe. So that's actually a good little model there. I'm not really too mad at that. And she, she's, she's done quite a few products, isn't it? I wonder, this is really cool, this new generation of designers, how they're able to do different collabs with different brands because she's got a reboot collab there. You've got a collab with Vans and then you've got a collab with Hawker. So I like that the brands are not like signing these guys onto like exclusive contract because I always thought that was weird where you couldn't work with other brands. If anything... If you do great work for one, that will influence people's likelihood to want to buy another stuff from another brand that you do. Do you know what I mean? Like, if you do a great collab with, let's say, Puma. And then you have a collab with another brand like Reebok or something or, you know, New Balance. I'll actually more be interested in seeing what you do there because it's a different brand and it's going to carry the hype on for the other one. So they all kind of serve each other. I never got this whole thing about, oh, no, you can't have um, you can't work for the other company. I so, no, Let me work for all of them. And it all kind of feeds into each other. So, yeah, you've got Reebok there. Um I'm not too sure what this brand is here this blue shoe um oh yeah this is a uh, the 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 mountaineering footwear right um dinami footwear or how however you pronounce that word um and actually let's see that video what does that look like What's she doing she's walking into a shop with those shoes on um reuse what they call it's a reusable grocery bag the actual shoe is a grocery bag oh sick <laughs> that's kind of cool i'm not gonna lie that is kind of cool you take off the bags on the outside of the shoe and it turns into a little bag <laughs> obviously it's only a, it's only a vegan diet bag but it's pretty decent regardless right you can you really fit fruits in there you can't fit a big steak or anything else but that looks fucking cool i'm not gonna lie that's really cool big up her that's really fun um so yeah vans um you got uggs collaborations here um you got crocs collabs and then you got the on On there. is on when well, they do eventually come out so yeah big up her they look fucking great can't be mad impossible to be mad at great design to be fair and i can't wait to see them when they eventually do drop when they eventually do drop and they've also got this picture here courtesy of an instagram account that i already mentioned i think beforehand and yeah they look great um i love that uh, i guess the the red dye kind of dies after a while because that bread from before is really bright red maybe it's an earlier sample i'm not too sure but that red now in this shoe looks really popping off of the screen that red looks amazing like that is actually screaming at you so I do love those. So big up her! Um, can't wait to see them when they eventually drop. So it's a couple of big stuff coming out, isn't it? This um, Friday actually, those are good stuff. So yeah, check them out if you're that way inclined. Check them out if you're that way inclined. Um, I already put those up there, right? This is the hypebeast article over there. The N M hypebeast Hocker um, on So definitely check them out too when they eventually come out. Um, Nicole McLawin's Hoka Mafete Free Two collab coming at you very very soon. Keep an eye out for them if you're that way inclined. Keep out for them if you are that way inclined. And then I guess lastly I also want to mention these Balenciaga women's free excel trainers. I'm upset they only come in women's for some reason. They should be in men's too but they've been covered in rhinestone crystals. That's why I wanted to mention them. This shoe has become i feel like this shoe has become a lot more popular than the triple s's i'm not too sure why maybe because the sole isn't so exaggerated but i feel like this free excel sneaker i see way more people wearing these day to day than i ever saw wearing triple s's um even though triple s's are still popular now because there's a lot of fakes to them i feel like now people are buying a lot of legit pairs of free excels than they ever did the triple s's so i don't know what why this shape is so popular with people maybe because it looks like an asics or something um but i don't really like the exaggerated heel counter thing but the 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 design of having the the fucking right stone crystals all over them is fucking brilliant let's be honest man that looks so fucking cool imagine this that like, glittering in the night as you fucking walk around it kind of reminds me of that um cactus plant flea market um dunk that they put out a while back right that was covered in crystals also um again it's 1000 what is it i think it's 1750 dollars or something so you know you're paying for the crystals um maybe it'll be cool if they did a collaboration with Swarovski with them i think that'll be pretty awesome as well but these look really cool. I wouldn't mind wearing these, mate. I wonder if the crystals will fall off when you're out doing the techno stomp as I usually do. But they look so fucking good. I'd wear these in an absolute heartbeat. Um, 3XO, yes, yeah, 1735. Let's see if they've sold out. Oh, it's not available on pre It's not even available to purchase just yet It is a Leather-free trainers Microfiber with rhinestones ear, Balenciaga logo at the top and the back Embossed size on the upper 3XL rubber branding on the tongue Poor tab made in China Wipe with a soft cloth Yeah, yeah. I love them I love them They look absolutely crazy They look very balmy Look very out there But I absolutely love everything about these shoes I'm not going to lie They look so fucking good So big up Balenciaga as per usual Anyway, that has been the zing Show episode number, I think seven two one. I think I'm not really too sure which episode it is. It should be seven two one. If you've had a good time enjoying this show and you want to give me some love, then make sure you leave me a five star review on all the podcast apps that you use That'd be greatly appreciated. And of course, if you're watching this premiere on YouTube, you of course can smash the like button, subscribe, all that good stuff. Leave me a comment down below if you have any questions. That'd be also appreciated. And of course, in the description, there'll be links to everything I spoke about. If you cannot see what I'm speaking about, listen to the audio side of things. only you can see all the links to everything i'm speaking about via the description down below if that is your vibe but for now my friends i'm gonna head off to the gym thank you so much for tuning in and i'll see you guys again very very soon take care my friends be safe and peace Boy, I saw you soon as you came bouncing through the door. you and your mans and just took over the floor started doing your thing, and it made me notice you even more, the way, you turned around and looked at me, it seemed as though you must have somehow felt me staring on the alone, something tells me you're the kind of guy I'd like to get to know, I ain't even gonna fall, up in the club I've been giving you the eye We can dance if you want Get it back and if you like. Must be a full moon You're like one of those nights is this the first time that I'm seeing you?